Hey, what's up, guys? It is Liv, um, and this week we are going to talk about Christmas because Christmas is literally like six days away. No, it's like nine days away. This is how great I am with time. Time is just going. Um, <laughs> but anyways, I kind of want to talk about Christmas a little bit because um, you know how we do. Um, there's just... I don't know. I think a lot of times, sometimes I'm low-key a Grinch, but I think I think it's because Christmas has become so commercialized that it's just ridiculous. Like, if we're starting Christmas in November, by the time December rolls around, I'm like, I'm done. Some people, even October, it's insane. Um, but anyways, I think we also miss the true value of Christmas and the simplicity of what Christmas really is. Um, and so, anyways... I kind of want to talk about the Christmas story and kind of bring hopefully a different insight on some things um, with the point of the promise of God and the points of uh, that, like, God keeps his promises. Sometimes when we're living in the promise of God, um, it doesn't look how we think it's going to look, and it can be super messy. And then finally that... Um, no matter where you are this holiday season, if it's a rough go at it, whether it's happy or uh, whether there's just a lot of memories, um, good or bad, or maybe you're grieving this holiday season, um, but understanding that God is Emmanuel, God with us. And so uh, we're just going to get right into it. I'm going to read Matthew 1, 18 through 25, which is like an overview of the Christmas story. And it says, now the birth of Jesus was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found a child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit, and she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and took to him his wife, and did not know her until she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Okay, so it's interesting that right after he was woken up from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. So he obeyed. Obedience is so much bigger than we think it is, for real. Then I'm going to go to Isaiah um, 9, 6, which talks about prof the prophecies uh, of Jesus. Um, and it says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Okay. Then I'm going to go to the first, one of the first prophecies about the coming of Jesus, which is Genesis 3.15, which says, And I will put enmity. So this is uh, after, you know, like they're getting kicked out of the garden, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and God is speaking to the devil or the serpent. And it says, and I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed, and he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his hill. Okay. So the two points or three points that I really am wanting to hit that God keeps his promises. When you're living in the promise, it's going to be messy sometimes, and it may not be what you think or expect, but God is with you. Okay. So God keeps his promises. The first mention of salvation and redemption happened first in the garden after Adam and Eve had sinned. 
And throughout the Old Testament, time and time again, Jesus' coming was prophesied, just like in Isaiah, like we read. Okay, But for 4,000 years, they were looking for the promise of a Savior. And it did eventually come to pass. Okay, And the things that God has promised over your life, they're going to come to pass. So Christmas should be a reminder to us that God will keep his promises to you. And it may not happen when you think it will, but it will happen. So don't give up hope and don't stop believing. Like these people were looking for the coming of the Savior for 4,000 years. Like that is a long time. I think I have to wait like one year for something and I'm like over it or 10 years for something. And like that's nothing on the amount of waiting that the people in the Bible had to do. It's crazy. Um, and so Christmas was the intersection between the hope of the promise and the fruition of the promise. So that is where those two worlds collided was Christmas. Okay, and Christmas should really be a personal landmark for us that God's going to do what he says he's going to do. Christmas is the point of the promise. It's a reminder of the promise. It's the point of redemption, healing, salvation. God sent Jesus so that I can spend eternity with him, but also so that I can live in wholeness on this earth. So I don't have to just wait till heaven to, to experience those things. Um, and then I just want to take some time to put us in the story of Jesus because I think a lot of times, like, we just kind of gloss over it or we see, like, the manger scene and we just, oh, all the warm, fuzzy feelings and the warm lights and we think, like, all the good things about that. But the reality of it is, like, it's low-key so messy, okay? So, <laughs> like, Jesus coming to earth was messy. It wasn't this, like, wow everything is perfect, right? Like the promise happening and coming to pass was messy and chaotic. Like it didn't happen how anyone thought it was going to happen. And it didn't come in this nice, pretty package. It was real. Like culturally, Mary not being married and pregnant was enough for her to get stoned. Okay. Her life was in danger for something she didn't even ask for. Okay. Like it's not like she asked to be the mother of the savior, like she was just out here living her life and then an angel comes to her and tells her what's what and she accepts it. She accepts the call of God in her life. But if you think about it, like every day people talking about you, right? Like they didn't have TV, so they had plenty of time to be talking about you, okay? People be gossiping now and we have all this entertainment in front of us. Imagine when you had nothing, okay? Um, but they were talking about her and and her life was in danger, right? And the hope of marrying her husband, like, that also was put at risk, right? Like, she had this plan to marry Joseph, and then this happens, and it's like, how am I going to convince this man that this is of God? And I could lose my husband. I could lose my life. Like, you know, my potential husband, I can lose my life. Like, all of this stuff, right? And so, like, what happens in our life when the promise comes in ways that we weren't expecting? Like there's a lot of times we think of this warm, fuzzy feeling, right? And then you have to look at it from like Joseph's perspective, okay? Like he had to trust Mary that the baby was really from God. And even though an angel appeared before him, like he still had to trust and obey in the midst of that and obey the word that God spoke to him, even if it seemed impossible. And he had to continue to trust, right? And that also put his life at danger. Like, could you imagine what their day-to-day -day life was like? right? The things that they had to endure every single day to be outcast, essentially, to carry and obey the promise that God had called them to do. And like, how many people do you think actually believed them? 
right? Like all these people were believing for the promise of God and they'd, they'd known about these prophecies. And yet here two people are saying that this is the coming of Jesus. Like, I don't know, like how many people do you think actually supported them? How many people do you think actually believed them? Because it's not coming how they thought it was going to come, right? And then you think about Jesus being born in a manger. Like it doesn't get any more basic than that, okay? Like if I was married, I would be out here like, I'm carrying the savior. All right. So like I'm wanting five-star treatment up in here. All right. <laughs> uh, I deserve a palace. Okay. But Jesus was God. And yet God, like he humbled himself so much and brought himself to a place where he wasn't even born like a regular baby. He didn't even get the end. He took the manger. And I think that's so powerful because God is so intentional about meeting us where we are and he's not trying to be too good for us. Like that is like one of the most incredible things about God is like he's so willing to humble himself and not for his own benefit, but for ours. Like the promise of Christmas is so messy and so chaotic and so unexpected and yet it's so powerful a baby being born in a manger was the very thing that we needed. Simple obedience from Mary and Joseph was so powerful that it changed eternity forever. So don't discredit those simple steps of obedience that God has asked you to do. And a barn, like think about it, a barn was a starting place for redemption. Your mess is not too big for God. Your mess can be the starting point for redemption today. And like whatever chaos your life may be in, God can come in and this can be your starting point, not the ending point. And like God did all of this, like that's what's crazy. God did all of this just so that he could be Emmanuel, God with us. Like he's right there in your mess, in your loss, in your chaos. Like the whole point of redemption was so a lot of times we point to heaven like so we can spend you know so we can go to heaven when we die but the reality is it's so we can spend eternity with him and not only that but spend right now with him it's always so crazy to me that so many people like they want heaven and it's like but yet they don't spend any time with god on earth now and it's like what do you think you're going to be doing in heaven like i don't know like you think you're never going to see see God or Jesus? You think you're just going to like maybe do a stop and visit twice a year? Like, I don't know. <laughs> like the whole concept of time is, is going to be completely different in heaven. But like, if you don't want to spend time with him now, like what are you going to do then? I just, that doesn't make sense to me. But anyways, he had relationship with Adam and Eve in the garden. Like he walked and talked with Adam and Eve in the garden. And when sin came and separated them, it brought that distance. And God didn't like that distance. He didn't want that distance. And so he had this plan of salvation right after it happened because he didn't like the distance. And I don't know where you are. Maybe you've been distancing yourself from God. Maybe you've been putting the separation there, but God doesn't want that distance. He wants to be Emmanuel, God with us. God with us. I'm going to read Luke 19, 9 through 10 because it's so good. I'm flipping there. Luke 19. 
9 through 10, which says, And Jesus said to them, Today salvation has come to this house, because he is also a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Like, he came to us. How powerful is that? In all these other religions in the world, everybody is trying to get to their God. But in Christianity, God comes to us. And he comes in such a humble way, in a manger. And it's just, it's just so crazy to me. Like, not only, like, if you look at the details of the prophecy and how they came to pass, like, it's so detailed. So the only way that it could be fulfilled down to that detail is God. All these years later, right? 4,000 years in the making. But he also just humbled himself so much to be at our level. God came to save you. Like he came for you. And like the one thing I really love about that verse is seek is so specific. Like when you lose something in your house or anywhere in your life, like you know exactly what you lost. It's specific. Like I lost this and I need to find this and I'm looking for this. And it's a specific thing and it's intentional. And like at the garden, God knew exactly what he lost. He lost that relationship with us and he he was seeking to save us and to bring us back. And that could only happen through Jesus. Like there's only one way. And no matter how messy it was, it was worth it to him. He said, I promise you, I'm seeking you, and I will save you. We celebrate Christmas because Jesus was born. But it's so, like the paradox, that salvation, that life came through the death on the cross. And the only thing that we have to do to receive salvation is believe in our heart and confess with our mouth. We just have to receive it and just accept it. Like, just accept that promise. Just accept that God wants to be near to you. That it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter the mistakes that you've made. Like, God just longs to be near. To be Emmanuel God with you. Maybe you're feeling so alone on this holiday. And maybe the holidays, like, really suck for you. And they're really hard. But remember that he's Emmanuel. God with us. And maybe you've had a year of so many losses and hurts and disappointments and and there's just been this huge gap in this hole in your life that God is going to fulfill those promises. Have hope. Those things that he spoke over your life. And also here's the thing is that if nothing else goes your way and as we enter into 2024 and if if 2024 doesn't happen how you think it's going to happen or maybe you don't even have the hope to believe for good things for 2024 like god is enough i think we spend so much time trying to fill our lives with all of these things and 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 we want all of these things out of life and we try to we try to achieve all these things and we try to claim all these things and and acquire all of this stuff But at the end of the day, if nothing else goes my way, like I'm just trying and I'm working on getting myself to this place of like, you know what, God, you're enough. You're more than enough. If I just have you, that's enough. If none of my dreams ever come to pass, you're enough. If I never go where I thought I was going to go, 
you're enough. If I never get all the things that I that I wanted or that I thought I wanted, or if I just keep experiencing loss, throughout all of that, it's enough. You are enough, God. You are Emmanuel, God with us. And you're with me in those times, and you alone are enough. And I don't need anything else. I don't need anything else because you're enough. I think we've just spent so much time trying to be like, I want God and all of this stuff. And if I don't have all of this stuff, then it makes me question God. But it's like just him alone. He is enough. He is enough. And so I don't know how you're going throughout this holiday season, but lean on God. If things are great, remember that he's Emmanuel God with us and experience that joy with God. Experience those good times with God. And if it's a hard season and if it's a season filled with loneliness, remember that he's Emmanuel God with us and that you're not alone. And if relationships are strained and they're hard, and if you're not getting all the things you want, and if you feel like there's all this holes in your life, just remember God is enough. He is enough. Spend that time with him. Because that's what all of this is about. The opportunity, I have the opportunity to be close to God and I don't have to make, I don't have to sacrifice lambs and I don't have to be absolutely perfect. I can ask him for forgiveness and he meets me where I am and I get to be close to the Father. I get to hear his voice. Like what an opportunity. What an opportunity. All the people in the Old Testament had to do all this stuff just to be allowed to be in the presence of God without dying in me. Little old Olivia, like, man, I, I just get to come to him. What an honor. And so I don't know where you are this holiday season, but I just, I just want to pray over you real quick. Father, I just thank you for anybody that's listening to this podcast. And I ask that you're just with them in this season, Father, this holiday season, God, that you're bringing them joy and comfort, Lord, and that your presence is just so real to them. It's so real to them, Father. And then if they've never experienced you before, I just ask that your presence just meet them there right now at the sound of my voice, God. And I just thank you for everything you've done and for humbling yourself to come at our level. And I thank you, Lord, for meeting me right where I am. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, I love you guys, and I will talk to you later.